guys, Ogre Barbarian here, and with me today, as always, we have... Hi, I'm Doombox, also known as Doombox. It's a pleasure to meet you all again. Hey guys, this is Daniel, hey guys. also known as DPO427 on Reddit. And we are the Oddsmen. And before we get started, I'm going to turn it over to DP. So, uh, just uh, to remind you guys, um, we are in the process of merging with We Are Our Legends. Probably by the end of November, most of the transitioning stuff will be done. A lot of our existing archived episodes will be over on their server and their SoundCloud server and their platform. And we're going to rename that stuff to a new name, which we're in the process of choosing, thanks to uh, you guys in the Reddit community helping us choose a name. But while we are in that transitioning stage, uh, we're, tr- we're going to try and keep the formatting pretty much the same before until we have something concrete and new to work with. So... We're still trying to working. We're still trying to work out with hate mail and with Kage to figure out what our new style is going to be like. But until then, it's going to be the same thing, just on a different in a different place. But if you're already subscribed to both of our channels, then it shouldn't be anything new to you guys. You'll just have one less place to have to keep up with instead of uh, two. That's all. So with that, let's get into the talks for the characters this month. And unlike what we did before, where we went over a new character and a reworked character with uh, Here Comes a New Challenger and Nip Tuck, this time we're going to change up things just slightly. The first episode this month, we're going to talk about both of the reworked characters in Nip Tuck. And the second episode, we're going to talk about the new characters being in the Here Comes a New Challenger section after we've had time to gear them out and play them a little bit. So... With that, we'll get right into Niptock. You got a little more work done, huh? Yeah, just a little bit. Just a tweaking, tweaking. Maintenance, maintenance. Bizarro's Kits. The first, ab- the first ability is Bizarro Hug. Damage to an enemy, plus 100% damage if Bizarro is debuffed. Legendary, 6% true heal for each debuff on Bizarro. Uh, max of 6, meaning he can get up to uh, 36% true heal uh, for uh, when he damages someone with his base. Then his second uh, ability is Bizarro says hi, uh, gain taunt, five stamina ups, and a heavy overheal. The legendary is gain damage immunity if Bizarro is bleeding. Then his third ability is Flame Breath. It's uh, special damage and apply two to three bleeds to all enemy. Legendary apply one extra bleed for each debuff on Bizarro, a max of six, meaning he can do up to eight to nine bleeds if he's very, very debuffed. And let's see, Freeze Vision is his fourth ability. Uh, Special damage and 70% chance to stun an enemy. Legendary, always apply three speed downs. And then uh, his fifth ability is his passive. Overheal, sorry, it's Bizarro number one. Overheal self if Bizarro is dealt a critical hit. Legendary, gain death immunity at the beginning of battle. So there's his new kit. And Ogre, what do you think? Oh, I've been really liking... Bizarro's new new feel. Uh, he's still a kind of a niche character, but if you know the meta, the meta has revolved around debuffs at least to some degree for a long time, and a lot of characters can apply debuffs. Best example: Harley Quinn, Mad Jester. Uh, she'll use her hammer. You'll get a bunch of int down, which is fine. Bizarro likes those debuffs. He doesn't really like the the fact that his uh, special damage stuff is from the int down, but at the same time, he gets a bunch of bonuses for having those debuffs. So he definitely will be a good pick in the right situations, and those situations are actually going to be 
fairly often, surprisingly. Now, as far as like his legendary order, the one that I absolutely took first was his flame breath because being able to apply a bajillion bleeds is something that I absolutely want to do. Uh, even if you're not a bleed player, this is a really, really powerful skill. If you're applying eight to nine bleeds because you have six debuffs, uh, just as an example, nine bleeds is 27% of the max health of the opponent. So it's not anything to sneeze at when they lose a quarter of their health. Uh, it's not a lot, but it's definitely not to be overlooked because they are three turn bleeds as well. So that's my personal pick for number one, uh, would be his flame breath, which is his third ability. His second legendary, I am leaning towards his freeze vision because those three speed downs again, have multi-turn, uh, duration and are fairly strong. Three speed downs is pretty good. It's a good chunk of speed. Uh, missing off of the character, even if he doesn't get the stun off. If he gets the stun off, it's even better. Um, but that's probably what I would take second. Um, and then after that, it gets a little bit dicey on which one you pick first. If you're having trouble with his survivability, take his fifth ability for the starting battle death immunity, just so that he can get off his first attack, whatever it is. The duration on that death immunity is only one turn, though, so it's only guaranteeing him that first turn. Uh and then his basic attack, the legendary on that one, is not as good as it sounds because he has to have all those debuffs. It is a true heal, and it is up to 36%, but it is insignificant if he only has one to two debuffs or if he has zero debuffs. It's just not even going to heal him. So it's, again, situational. And then his taunt, gaining damage immunity if he's bleeding, is a very specific gate, not even just debuffed anymore. It's very specific. It requires a bleed to be on him. Now, if you do face bleed team or a character that has bleeds and it does hit him and he taunts, gains damage immunity, that's very, very powerful. Uh, but those three are kind of all up in the air and really just however you decide you want him to you know, fill in for your team is what you're going to take. In general, you're probably going to take the fifth just for that death immunity to start the battle just to make sure you can get his taunt off or get his uh, you know, stun chance off or something like that. But that's kind of how I feel about him right now. His, his abilities are a little weird after the first couple legendary points, but every one of them do make him better. So don't be afraid to take him to high legendary. He does get better with each one. You mean they make him worse? In Bizarro speak, yes. <laughs> or no. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to do Bizarro speak. I'm not going to do Bizarro speak. It's just going to confuse everybody. All right. <laughs> so uh, I'm with you in terms of the legendary order. I think basically his one and two are his sort of awkward points. They're sort of, uh, you probably are fine if you don't take those two. But um, yeah, it's probably a toss up between three and five as your first. And then uh, four, uh, either one of the, the one, either one you take first and the other one second. And then, the fourth one being sec uh, third most of the time, I think. Mainly it's because it depends how you build, build him. Like if it's if it's you who's playing him, you're going to value the bleeds a lot more be before, before anything else, right? If you're playing a speed down team, then obviously maybe that'll come first for you. But most of the time, he's, you're probably going to use him as a tank because he's a really good tank too from his uh, gear set, right? Yeah. He's, he's a mixed tank. He's a mixed tank. Yeah. yeah. So that being said, the death immunity will also help him get to his turns. So that'll be... Uh, also, one thing I'll mention is I was geared about and played him a little bit, and I took uh, his fifth earlier on just to see. 
um, uh, how long his death immunity lasts. It only lasts for one turn. But it is good enough for him to get to, you know, his turn to start doing what he needs to be doing, right? But I'm with you on the fact that his two is really awkward because it's a very, very specific gate. If it was just the fact that he needed to be debuffed to, to get uh, damage immunity, I, it might be... He'd be darn near broken. Yeah, it might be broken. But I wish that they used a different debuff other than bleed. So something that's a little bit more... Well, that part of his kit didn't change. Yeah. That's always been there. Yeah. So I can't fault him for not changing it. That's fine. Speaking of which, I mean, let's talk about what actually changed in his kit. So I think, let's say for that move... Oh, the, the part so the parts that changed, yeah. his basic attack, the basic attack true heal, it went from a max of 3 to 6. So that was a, an upgrade from 18% up to 36%. That was that. Uh, his stamina ups used to only be 3 on his taunt. Now it's 5. And now he also gains an overheal instead of just a regular... Uh, he didn't even gain a heal. It was just stamina ups and a taunt. Yeah. So now he gains an overheal as well. So that was nice. Yep. Uh, his flame breath, the damage on it went up. Uh, and instead of one to three randomly with a weird calculation on how to apply each one, it's now just two to three bleeds. And then instead of doubling damage, it has the added a bleed for each debuff. So that was a really nice change, I think. His freeze breath or freeze vision didn't change at all, I don't think. Yeah, it's the same. And then his passive changed from a heal to an overheal when he's crit. And they took away the mends that he gained and gave him death immunity at the start of battle. So, I mean, it, overall, good changes, I think. Dude, what do you think about Bizarro? Honestly, I think he's pretty good. And the way I look at him right now, he just looks like a really solid answer to Constant. So, I mean, there's that. Because, uh, you know, Constantine hits you with his uh, basic ability. All of a sudden, Bizarro's just gaining back 30%. Or thirty-six percent, right? And then also, if he taunts up, he's just not taking any damage past that point. He can put a bunch of bleeds, which gets rid of Constantine's awareness and you know all the other jazz. And you know, he also works really well in teams that are just focused on reducing crit. So Penguin, Supergirl, honestly, he's got good options. His damage isn't too shabby either. And if you were to bump him up with, say, what? some kind of intelligence boosting like Grodd, for example, he'd be really good with Grodd because he gets those bonus speed ups in addition to everything else. I mean, he's just an all around good character. He's much stronger than he used to be. And yeah, he, he just looks good. Yeah. Speaking of Grodd, he also has stuns in his kit too. So that synergizes well. He, he does synergize very well with Grodd. Yeah. Uh, he kind of does everything that Grodd wants him to do and vice versa. Uh, he also pairs really nicely with Atrocitus. Uh, because Enrage is a debuff, so his basic will trigger the extra damage. Um, so that's nice, too. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's definitely quite a few pairings that I've found that are pretty good with him. He goes, he does play well outside of bleed teams. He doesn't have to just be on a bleed team. He can play on other teams just I, fine. I really like the work, like the, 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 the changes that they made to his passive and to his taunt. The fact that he gets a heavy overheal on top of all those stamina ups. And he, it makes him that much more tankier. Because I think he's now the missing piece to my internal bleeding team. Because he's a special damage bleeder. And he the linchpin that I needed was another tank on top of Chemo. So that Constantine can either put it on him or on Kimo. So if you could, if you could start off with him taunting, then you can you can set up a taunt on Kimo after his taunt goes off, right? So that way you have, yeah, absolutely. 
So that was sort of like the, the last thing that I needed, and I think that that's going to make the team good. Because to be very honest, I really didn't like playing with Silver Banshee. She does serve a purpose, but uh, I think that Bizarro is way better right now. Oh, also, what? keep in mind that uh, double assist call on Bizarro means that he could be healing up to like, what, 72% of his health back just for nothing. That's great. And he's back at full health. All right. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Alrighty. Um, yeah, Bizarro is number one. Like he's <laughs> he's good. He's look at we're, he's worth a look nowadays. Uh, if you didn't used to play him, he's definitely far improved. Cool. All right. Any final thoughts on Bizarro before we move on? Bizarro number one. All right. Yeah, Bizarro number two. <laughs> so who's the number? Uh, probably closer to like further Doomsday. down. The ultimate, obviously. You don't even need to go over his kit. I'll be happy to do it for you. I've got him. Yeah, go for it. So, <laughs> his basic ability, as everyone knows, because it's the same as it's always been, you punch someone, gain permanent strength, agility, and HP, or stamina up, not HP up. HP up's a different buff for some reason. And then his legendary, you get double that value. That should always be your first option, because you get two, two, and two, and he needs buffs. Like, it's it's monstrous, especially with the changes they made to him. So a second ability is going to be adaptive defense. For some reason, he gains no defense, but <laughs> instead overheals himself for a bit, puts a bunch of affinity power-ups on himself, which makes him, you know, instantly kill basically any red on the field with a single devastate. And he also gains some meter now, which is great. It's a unique change to his uh, kit that he's now getting faster and faster. Speaking of... His legendary gives him one permanent speed up. That's definitely something to consider when you're looking at his character because now he's not just running you over, he's running you over constantly. Now keep in mind, that overheal is only if he has four more buffs and the turn meter is attached to his legendary, but it's a really good legendary, so it's one that you should be picking up anyways. His third ability is Devastator, which, you know, adhering to his name, devastates basically anything it touches that's not the color blue. He does huge, monstrous damage and is trapped behind an 8-buff gate, which sounds absurd if it were on any other character but Doomsday. But for him, it's you know it's just a walk in the park. It's just what he does anyways. So he just completely just runs over whoever's in his path. Legendary on that one, if you manage to kill someone with it, it has no cooldown. You can just use it over and over and over again, which can get very vicious, especially when your opponent's down to the last few characters and you're just laying out one after another after another so that's something definitely to look at but i'd say that one probably comes last in its order because honestly you don't really need to do 50 devastators in a row his new ability now this is this is the juicy part this is the meat and potatoes of this kit now energy feedback he has up to a 65 percent chance to counter with his basic ability if he has six or more buffs which if you get the legendary on his second ability no matter what you do on the first turn, you will have six or more buffs. And the special for that, the legendary, if you will, the uh, the garnishing, that's the word I'm looking for. You gain crit immunity and 30% turn meter whenever he gets a critical hit. Now, mind you, that's not gated on the ability itself, which has a six buff gate. If you get crit before your turn even comes up, you get that crit immunity and that turn meter, which can come in insanely handy when you consider that he can tank a wonder girl punch to the face and he can tank basically anything that happens so if your opponent's rocking with some heavy 
crit AOEs like two phase arrows or kid flash, regular flash, reverse flash, your doomsday is just going to be speeding up and picking up massive amounts of momentum off of that. And finally, his passive, he dies, he comes back with half his health and up to eight buffs, which happens to be, what, uh, three strength, three stamina, two agility, I think, when you revive. And then he also gets five men's legendary, which can help you a lot to pick back up the pace, especially now that he has so much acceleration in his kit. So when you knock him down, if you're not careful and you happen to crit him with anyone that's not named Huntress, then he's just going to get his turn, gain back all that health, and become even more of a monster than he was before. Now, looking at him as a whole now, he's basically turned into something of a green bane. If you're not killing him outright, and if you're not denying his buffs completely, there is a very, very, very good chance that you're just never going to be able to bring him down. Because if your blue gets taken off the field, there's really not many greens, and there's definitely no reds that can just fight into him. He's going to overwhelm you. And especially considering that as he gains more and more and more of those buffs, he's constantly boosting his health. He's constantly getting more physical defense, so special damage is the way to go. And he's constantly, constantly, constantly gaining more power. So, so each of those retaliations hurts more and more and more than the last. In fact, I would say that probably if it were a straight-up fight between him and Bane, that he has a very good chance of just winning because eventually your turn's going to come around and eventually you're going to put up enough affinity power up and enough strength up to overwhelm and just destroy Bane with a single Devastator. Not even his 10 strength downs that he can pop on you between your turns is going to make a difference. And once you've gained enough speed, he's not going to be able to keep up with you. You're going to stack on more buffs that he can possibly debuff you in terms of. So this character is insanely solid. He's an absolute monster. And once the characters come out later on in the month to provide him a bit more protection from the likes of Wonder Girl and Princess the Mascara and all those, he's going to be a character that you have to consider when you're building teams. Like, he's going to become literally that green bane that when you're playing into him you have to think i need to bring a character to deal with this guy i cannot leave him alone so what do you guys think i guess what you were saying was the meat and potatoes of his kit has to be his new passive uh it's sad that we lost doomsquake doomquake but you know this is a very very easily a nice trade for it and honestly i'm not even sad about losing doomsquake that ability was it was cool and it was nice to have an ability that had some of my namesake in it, but it sucked, and I will be the first to admit that. I loved running him to where I could get him with all those buffs before his turn, so he could just hammer out that special damage, physical damage mix, Doomsquake, but it wasn't killing anybody. So, good riddance. I'm happy to have this retaliation. I mean, the other, the other thing about his uh, kit, the fact that he gains crit immunity on top of all the other stuff that he gains uh, and all the buffs that he piles on with his all stamina ups and all the HP that he already has, his base HP pool is really, really high because he has a tank class, right? He uh, he was already hard enough to deal with now, and now he's just even tankier, which is crazy. It's so much harder to kill him. And you, along with a lot of other people in the community, have shown uh, like videos and have mentioned the fact that he can solo Wonder Girl. <laughs> he took all those well, to the face. And, and To some degree, he can. Yeah, to some to some degree. But I remember watching one video where basically it was him uh, him and Wonder Girl, like everyone else on the team was dead. 
uh, on, on both sides, and he ended up killing Wonder Girl. And you said pretty much the same thing in one of our conversations, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, and also, something to mention, a unique little interaction that I forgot to mention while we were doing the thing. So, two things. One, his adaptive defense, when you get it activated, it now functions that you will always get that overheal because it counts the buffs before the heal, whereas before it didn't. So, now... You get that benefit that turn one, you can go ahead and slap an overheal on yourself. But the cool interaction is that the more overhealed you are, the more your stamina ups count for. So say if you're at a hundred percent affinity bonus, then instead of gaining 7,480 health with every attack at level 70 gear 11, you're instead gaining 14,000, which can, I, I don't even need to tell you the math on that. You're a math nerd. You know it. That's the, uh, that's really hard to overcome. <laughs> Yeah, basically, if you're not doing Etrigan levels of damage, you pretty much can't beat that. <laughs> Etrigan is probably one of his better counters. I mean, oh, do you have anything else to put on or input on on Doomsday? I, I really like the change. Like, I didn't think he needed a whole lot of change, but the change that they made was absolutely perfect. Being able to gain meter, being able to gain crit immunity, having a counterattack. It has a really high percent at 65%. Uh, like this is this is what Doomsday should be. This is it feels right. He's he seems really fun right now. Yeah, I like the fact that giving him a counterattack element also puts him um in in line with other types of teams too. Like uh you can now put him on like a counterattacking based team with like Captain Cold and the likes of those type of characters, also with call assisting teams as well. So if you have a call assisting counterattacking team to really maximize Doomsday's gaining buffs. He's, he'll get out of control really, really, really fast. And Actually, um, if I may, on that specific team note, I tried that team, and it works really well because if your opponent hits you with an AoE, Doomsday will retaliate on his own, Captain Cold will retaliate, and then Doomsday will retaliate based off of Captain Cold's leader legendary. So he just runs out and punches them, and is like, oh, thanks for the 12 buffs, mate. Now with all the other tunes that are available in the in the roster, there's a lot of ways to have him start off with max buffs before his turn so that he can just open with Devastator now. So you can just easily just like crush through a team of reds. It's like, oh, okay, uh, you want to run like your Batgirl team. Okay, well, I'll just run. If, if there's no Wonder Girl on the other team, you can run Steppenwolf lead and then there you go, right? And he'll just like rip through, you know, Devastator one guy and then it's off cooldown. Devastator another guy, off cooldown. I mean, anything else to add about Doomsday before we move on? Doomsday number one. <laughs> Whatever. Ultimate. <laughs> Alrighty. I guess with that, we'll move into the arena. Arena's still boring. Nothing really to add. It, it's still boring. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm really not sure what to say, what you, uh, were expecting, uh, arena still sucks. <laughs> uh, for those of you who are, uh, meta junkies, uh, the meta is still garbage. Uh, I mean, on the upside though, the new characters look promising. So there's that. We'll cover no, yeah, them on the next episode though. It does. It does look promising. And next episode, I probably will have a bit more to say because Zod and Brainiac definitely look like they will shift things a little bit shake things up so uh but as of right now still not much has changed so we'll so on the topic of uh other pvp things we'll have we have uh blitzes and showdowns this month as well we have uh showdowns for silver banshee and i believe the board clear for that is assault uh, assault world lex lex yeah 
And then the uh, live wire is supposed to be the uh, the main Wraith PvP board right. clear. That's right. Like Livewire is cool because uh, the thing I like about Silver Banshee and Livewire is that they're um, ten day hero challenge characters that are were, that are no longer available for newer players. So it just gives access to those characters for those newer players. So you know that's always good. But in terms of the blitzes, this is where a lot of things started going downhill because part of the reason why we enjoyed blitzes last month was because there was no Wonder Girl. And this month, yeah, sort of not happening this time. <laughs> so the first blitz we have is an all-female blitz, and the second blitz we have is a mystery. So I'm assuming, I'm expecting that in the first blitz, we're going to see a lot of Batgirl, Harley Quinn, Magister, Wonder Girl, Donna Troy. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and in the I'm not going to be playing that blitz all that much. <laughs> yeah, and in the second blitz, it's probably going to be the a lot of Wonder Girl, Donna Troy, and then you know a mix of other blue characters. Doj. <laughs> yeah, Doj. Sure. So I mean, anyways, whatever the case may be, it's not going to be a, a fun time in blitz. So, um, but also for the third month in a row, we haven't had a return of Siege yet, obviously, since we have these blitzes and showdowns. It's sort of giving us the idea that maybe they're not going to come back for a while. Maybe they're going to decide to. It's going to go the way of the Martian Manhunter-themed Alliance Month battle. But maybe, maybe it'll come back soon for the end of the year, I hope. Give it another month. If it doesn't come back then, then it might not come back yet. Yeah. Or they might make it like a a once-a-year type of thing, sort of like keep to to give it that much more spice, you know. But who knows. Um, But for the time being, it's the same old, same old in the arena. And unfortunately... Things got a little bit more stale with the blitzes, but that's the only real thing to mention, I guess. Hopefully, by the time we get around to this section in the next podcast, uh, we'll have hopefully some positive things to say about the meta with what's his name with uh, Zod and Brainiac. But we'll see. Doom, any last thoughts on the arena? No, not really. It's same as always. If you want to, you can play into the meta, and you can win. It's not like you can't, but it's honestly just not in a good place right now. So. You know, go with the flow and hopefully these new characters the meta. You can You can win outside of the meta. It's just not fun because you're facing the same team over and over and over. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And unfortunately, like the uh, the showdowns and the, the blitzes were a part of uh, the way we were, we were able to sort of escape the Wraith Arena for the most part for people who didn't want to run into that all the time. And now with the blitzes, you're still going to keep running into that. You won't have to fight Atrocitus and Deadshot Hair Gun Red Robin, to be fair. <laughs> That's fair. But, okay. <laughs> That's fair. But anyways, we, we, we beat that horse to death. All right, so it's done. <laughs> so let's, let's keep going. Hell is only a word. Reality is much, much worse. In terms of Event Horizon... We've got Zod going on right now. We've got Raven coming up. The second part of Zod. And then we've got a Lobo... And it looks like instead of having the more challenging challenge, we're back to Raven and Lobo both being the same, you know, no limited list challenge. It's, it's just one of those again for Lobo. So a little disappointing on that. Those limited list challenges were actually a lot of fun. Uh, I was looking forward to having one this month, but it doesn't look like that's the case. I mean, I do like the fact that they're putting out um, these challenges for hard-to-get uh, characters that aren't farmable, like Raven and Lobo. Especially Lobo, because it's like like Livewire and like um, Silver Banshee. He was a 10 hero challenge character that a lot of people don't have access to anymore. But 
That being said, there, I don't. I'm, I'm really wondering why they didn't make it into. He was in the alliance shop up until they announced this challenge. Oh yeah, right. That's true. That's the thing I don't understand. Yeah, but either way, right? Like the on the topic of the themed um, six day challenge, I'm really wondering why they didn't decide to go that route with the Lobo challenge. Like they could have made a themed Lobo one, which would have been really funny too, because you know he's he's a funny guy. It would have made perfect sense for Superman month. Yeah, but anyways. I mean, that's neither here nor there. There's probably a billion reasons why they had to go this way. But you know. I mean, to be fair, we don't necessarily know yeah. that there's not. Yeah. But we're assuming there's not because it didn't seem like there was. Yeah. Now, part of the thing that I, I was going to talk about in the community watchtower section, um, but I guess we'll cover it here since it's it's more uh, topical in terms of events, is that we don't, with the, with the coming of November and it being the second anniversary of DC Legends, a lot of people were speculating on some new content, on new things that we were supposed to see, and we didn't get anything, really. Anything new at all. And we don't have any hints towards what's coming for either the end of this month or the next. And a lot of people on Reddit and on the Community Center are losing interest very, very fast. And part of that, and I don't blame them, really, because there was a lot of hype building up to this month. And especially with the, the, the newsletter... Last month with the Zatanna, the Zatanna hint at the end, a lot of people were speculating on a shard exchanger, for example. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that were up in the... We also had the uh, the costume change right. uh, leak right. activation. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that people were anticipating or hoping for. And, you know, we didn't think that all of it was going to come true. Maybe, you know, one or two of the things, maybe. But we didn't really get anything. So that's that's a big letdown for a lot of the community. Now, there's probably a lot of reasons why that is. And, you know, I wish that we had some sort of feedback from uh, our community managers and or our representatives to tell us, know what's going on. But I'm sure also there's a lot of red tape there, too. So they can't just tell us, you know, maybe they had a lot of things planned, but they couldn't get the okay for it. They couldn't get the go ahead for it. But we don't really know what the real reason is for it. So I'm not here to defend them. I'm just saying that. It's unfortunate that a lot of what our hype was building up to was just sort of like flushed down the toilet. So I hope, I hope that we still have something coming up at the end of this month. Maybe, you know, in the middle of November, they're going to release something still. That could be a thing. So what do you guys think? (sighs) I don't want to admit that you're right because it pains me to do so. (laughs) But it's one of those things that, you know, you can't like, okay. So the perfect comparison actually is the skin change. Skin change came out. Everyone saw it was possible. Everyone got really excited and then they put their hand down and they scooped it back across the table. And they're like, Nope, that's, that's not for you. No, it's, it's not ready yet. Quote unquote, which in fairness, it wasn't, it was buggy and terribly done, but you know, it was still, we saw that the potential was there. Something they said was impossible was in fact possible. We got excited and then it got scooted off the table. It was no longer available to us. A lot of the same way this month with all the hype it had built up was like, oh man, the newsletter, oh man, maybe it's the shard exchange. Uh, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And then they just put their hand down and they scooped it off the table and they're like, nope, it's none of those things. Enjoy your six-day hero challenges for Lobo. Which, I mean, you know, that's fine. Lobo is not easy to get, but they could have given us something. Just anything. But we got nothing, really. I mean, we got some characters which shape the meta, which is fine. I'd rather have the other characters just get kneecapped, but that's eh, just me. But 
you know, that's that's just my outlook on it. What do you think of? I mean, we got a hundred Superman frags at least. I got two. That's not all negative. Oh yeah, I forgot. Well, fine. <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, yeah, I but, mentioned that too, but uh, some people have actually got double rewards depending on what platform they're on. I think it was an iOS thing. Yeah, it, it was supposed to be fifty if you've been playing like a year or less, and then a hundred if you've been playing a year to two years, something like that. Yeah, I don't remember exactly, but I'm yeah. pretty sure that's what's supposed to be. But anyway, we did get that at least, so that was at least pleasant. We didn't expect that. Uh, we were expecting a lot more than that. So I mean, there is a lot of disappointment going around right now. I'm worried that the game is slowly shriveling up, but. At the same time, I still see new players coming in. I still see the community being awesome and supporting each other and, you know, helping everybody else. So I still have hope. Keep the dream alive. So, I mean, I guess with that, we'll move on to the shop talk and hammer that out quickly. So, uh, in terms of the shop, there's not too much to talk about. There was a couple of patch notes um, for a couple of characters that got patched. Riddler's agility downs on a character with evasion ups apparently was fixed. Um, do, do you know what that was about? Oh, okay. So, basically, what would happen... Down, not the agility down. No, it's the agility down. But, what it is, is if you use his third ability, the taunt one... On an enemy with evasions, they can evade the agility downs, but now you, they can't. It always applies. Right. I think basically, like the uh, they were supposed to be like you know in parentheses always in the in this in the description, but they weren't always like being applied. Unfortunately, his evasion downs are still broken. Well, that's something else to look at then, I guess. The other fix now, this is where I'm a bit confused, is uh, fixes to Wonder Girl's basic doing damage to characters with evasion up. So I take this to mean that this can now miss when she's not enraged? Yes. Yes. Okay. So that was actually like a known bug, right? Like she was actually not missing ever, right? Yeah. Correct. So this is now no longer a case. Okay. that's So that's a positive fix in what was broken about Wonder Girl. So not the fact yep. that she she was broken in the sense that mechanically she's broken, but she was actually just broken in her kit somewhere. So the rest of it, you know, well, is right. uh, community speculation on whether or not she should be nerfed or not. But you know, anyways, <laughs> I'm, I'm not beating that dead horse again. And so in terms of bug fixes, that was it. In terms of packs, nothing new to talk about other than the fact that um, there was. Yeah, go ahead. You want to say something? Actually, I had a question. Okay, so you know how. Way back in the day, the ninety nine ninety nine gear packs got brought down to sixty nine ninety nine. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm looking in the shop, and the normal speed force and essence deal is four ninety nine. Wasn't it nine ninety nine? Yes, uh, could be. Yeah. So you're saying the prices dropped there too? Yeah, the price for the one hundred was a hundred speed force and three hundred thousand essence is now only five bucks. Wow. Okay. I actually glossed oh. that completely because I never ever looked at those packs. <laughs> I basically never looked at the non-character packs that because it's not really worth buying. But you know, it is worth buying if you want to save time. But again, the de- developers are not in charge of the shop, so this is all on the marketers. Maybe the marketers finally realized that their pricing is too high; and it's time to drop it. So that's good. So maybe the marketers are finally going back to marketing school. One can dream. Yeah, but in terms of the actual packs, the character packs, the only changes uh, aside from the typical trends that we've been seeing from month to month is that the PvP pack has been changed to replace uh, Livewire with Robin. 
uh, because Livewire is obviously a board clear for this month. And, and the, in the Alliance pack, they replaced Lobo with uh, Wonder Woman DOJ uh, because she was a board clear before, but now because Lobo's getting an event, there's no reason to have him also in the Alliance pack too. The problem I'm seeing is that the rest of the packs didn't change at all. Only one character in each pack got replaced. Not to mention the fact that Red Alerts, again, for I don't know how many months now, maybe over a year now, has not... We're, we're closing in on a year if we haven't passed it already. Yeah. There was a point with Red Alerts where they were rotating the characters, the character rewards, maybe every three or four months. And it's been a long time since we've seen any change in Red Alerts. So and that's one simple thing that they could easily do, I think, to sort of appease the the community to help them, you know, stay interested. Because Red Alerts, like a lot of people, just aren't doing them anymore. Even some people are just throwing, you know, 10, 10 characters under the bus to get their legendary... Um, mission rewards and then be done with it because they don't need any of the character shards anymore. A lot of them that are farmable in red in red alerts are already like, you know, maxed legendary five capable for most people. So that's why at this point you need to sort of freshen that up a little bit because you I think red alerts is a really good node, but the appeal to run it is basically no longer there. Right? Other than, you know, the gems and a little bit of uh, rings here and there and otherwise there's not real re- reason to play it right yeah red alerts feels weird because it's like who who really is playing this and then getting excited about six thousand green essence like really is that really our prize for clearing 10 matches i hope now if i, if I were it's to, painful yeah if i were to redesign red alerts in a way like keep the sort of 12 threat systems there but you know maybe re- redesign how the rewards are paid out Replace, for example, Green Essence, which is a lot easier to come by than people think, with XP meta agents, for example, because XP is a lot is a huge bottleneck in the game, especially for people who have rosters past level 60, uh, level 70 characters, for example, because you're going to find it's very, very hard to level most of your roster at a certain point, right? So basically... If- or, I mean, gear even, like high-level gear that people are going to need that would at least inspire you to run it maybe one day out of the week if you're like, oh, I need 300,000 of these level three things to get my character to gear 11. Now I can take care of like 50 of them here. Yeah, but any, in any case, I mean, that's neither here nor there. Hopefully they will they will sh- sort of shake things up in red alerts and hopefully that'll get like a, a new facelift soon. In addition to all the other new content we're hoping that will, that are in the pipeline that'll, that'll be coming soon. But um, I guess... In terms of the shop talk, we'll wrap things up there. We'll move on to Community Watchtower, and we'll just talk briefly about um, what's in store for us in terms of the odds bin. Wait, you mean we're going to take the Watchtower out of orbit and drop it right on top of their little science project? In Community Watchtower, now, when we were like ro- rolling into this month, we were thinking about you know what we're going to do for the merger and things like that, but as it is, you know, we haven't actually started the process yet. I will probably start it next week to sort of merge in with uh, We Are Our Legends. And we've been in talks with Hate Mail in terms of uh, format change and things like that. And also what to do with our Patreon page, changing our rewards, our goals and things like that. But uh, while we're here, I guess between the three of us, do you guys want to brainstorm what we think might be in, in store for the uh, We Are Our Legends Oddsman merger? More hate mail, I guess. I mean, both <laughs> literally and metaphorically. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say that, like, 
I think we can expect a lot more diversity among who's on the cast when it's going to be whoever's available, I think, is going to be one of the bigger benefits. And you're going to get content more often to a degree, but at the same time, you don't know who's going to necessarily be giving you that content at the time. I mean, despite my absence being, you know, one of those persistent factors, I'm practically a guest star on my own podcast. Um, and there might come a time that this was your Ogre, idea at one point. Yeah, Ogre catches the plague. DP needs to get repairs, and then hate mail is just doing whatever. There might be a chance that I'm the only guy on the podcast, and I'm the only one giving you the news. So you know, there, there's that risk. There's always Kage. Yeah, but speaking about the news now, I mean, I guess since Doom brought it up, uh, hate mail was also saying that. One of the formatting changes that we're looking to do in the future is that it's going to be probably be a newsy style of programming, meaning that, um, for example, if something new comes out, like a new character rework or a new character, uh, like spoiler with the silhouettes or something like that, we might have sort of like this news flash, breaking news type of segment that's a couple minutes long. And uh, we just briefly go over what we think, for example, the new characters might be for the next month. Uh, we could go over the kids after they're spoiled right real quick and that way sort of things will be more relevant with the news as it's coming out and then at the same time we'll probably split everything into separate segments and separate podcasts so for example before how we talked about you know tv and movie stuff and doom really wants just sort of tune out of that we might make that its own separate podcast its own separate segment with its own separate name and doom will just never be on that show (laughs) The other thing is like, <laughs> to be honest, it's a lot of things to look forward to. We're not sure what we're doing, but I think we're going to enjoy it. And I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Now, when it comes to, for example, changes to the Patreon and rewards and people who want to support us, you know, we're up, we're open to suggestions from the community. So if there's anything that you guys think that you might like to see from us, like, for example, merchandising, ringtones, things like that, we are definitely open to any of those suggestions and between uh, the five of us now, we have a lot of manpower to sort of make that happen. So, yeah, that's something to look forward to. I mean, do you guys have any uh, ideas of what we could give back to our community? Do you guys like t-shirts? I mean, we can make you t-shirt. We can make you coffee mugs that say, uh, world's best dad, but instead of dad, we can put anything else in there. Or, I mean, heck, hate mail might even want to order a world's finest coffee mug. We could do that. I mean, you know, I like we even, world's finest, <laughs> <laughs> world's finest. But, uh, you know, like we, like the possibilities are endless. We can do basically anything. I could even get you like a little, uh, what are the things called? A baby onesie. I can get you one of those that says whatever you want, really, if it's DCL. So don't, don't be afraid to be throwing out just random things. Like, Hey, I want a do rag. That says this on it, and I'll be like, "Yeah, sure, I can do that for you." <laughs> yeah, I think you're going a little overboard here. But yeah. okay. well, it's it's more the principle of it that it, there's no limits on what we could do for. So again, we're open to suggestions. So if you guys feel like there's anything that really could help us give back to you guys, just let us know either through social media on our Patreon pages, on Reddit, on YouTube, where have you. So we'll be there and we'll be reading all that stuff and we'll be taking note of everything as this whole thing changes. So, uh, and again, just to remind you guys that if you're subscribed or patrons of both of uh, We Are Our Legends and The Osmond at the moment, in the very near future, 
most likely the oddsman side of things will probably disappear and he'll go over to the we are legends uh platform with a new name and the only thing that won't change at least for right now is the youtube pages because uh those can unfortunately we can't change names or merge them very easily but at the same time uh having two different two separate channels for two different reasons um is also beneficial for us too so the podcast itself will just be on one platform but the video form of podcasts will, might be on two different places so you can subscribe to both oddsman and hate mail you'll just probably see a lot of the same thing uh on both youtube channels so but at the same time there are some content like that ogre and i and doom sometimes put out on the oddsman's uh, youtube channel that's only on the oddsman's youtube channel so it is important to stay uh, subscribed there if you want to see the random DCL videos that we put out there too. And sometimes non-DCL related stuff too. So there you go. Um, but with that, any final thoughts on our merger before we wrap it up? I'm looking forward to it. I think it's for the best. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly an idea that I've been kind of flirting with for a while now and I keep trying to get you guys to do it and you finally did. So I'm happy. All right, cool. I guess with that, we'll wrap it up there. And... Um, Any final words before we say bye? Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next time. All right. And uh, again, for you guys, this might be the last time uh, I might have to say this, but uh, follow us on social media at uh, Facebook, Twitter, and SoundCloud at The Oddsman, YouTube.com slash The Oddsman, and on Patreon at Patreon.com slash The Oddsman. And as soon as we make the merger happen and we have a new name and all that, I will let you guys know uh, through all the various channels so that you guys can uh, be subscribed or resubscribe to the right place. So, and with that, have a good night. In this week's winner's circle, the world's finest, was the <coughs> trader Jarouch with 5,054 points. We also wanted to recognize some illustrious players who've managed to rise to the top of the leaderboard despite having extremely weak teams. We wanted to recognize that rank 3 user 7896984, who has a 10k team and made it. We wanted to recognize rank number 7, user 4376263. We also wanted to recognize user 1212554 at rank number 22, user 2110229 at rank number 24, Simdad28 at rank 31, Notorious Owl 401 rank number 50, and the top alliance this week was UGLA COA. What a surprise. Congrats to all the winners. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Oddsman Broadcast. Be sure to check out the next episode of We Are Legends coming up next week.